Good morning. Today is Sunday, July 10th, 2022. Recently, on June 29th, the Jewish people lost a Torah giant. Rabbi David Weiss Halivni passed away at the age of 94. Rabbi, Liv- Rabbi Halivni is not as well known or appreciated as he should be, partially because his main effort throughout his life was learning and teaching Talmud at a very high intellectual level, not accessible to most people, but also partially because he truly transcended the labels that we use to identify people, as I will describe to you. So, many of those who knew of him superficially viewed him with suspicion or skepticism, which was their loss, not his. Rabbi Halivni was born in Ukraine in 1927. He was raised in Sighet, Romania, and he and Eli Wiesel were lifelong friends from childhood throughout their lives. He was a child prodigy in Talmud, and he was ordained as a rabbi at the age of 15. At 16, he was sent by the Nazis to Auschwitz, and he is the only member of his family to survive the Holocaust. Later in his life, he wrote a memoir in 1996 called The Book and the Sword. In 2007, he wrote a book called Breaking the Tablets. And in those books, he described his justification for observing Torah, praying to God, remaining a traditional Jew despite the horrors of the Holocaust. He rejected any suggestion that the Holocaust was some type of divine punishment for the purported sins of Jews. And he radically proposed that God revealed himself to the Jewish people twice. Once at Mount Sinai with the revelation of presence. At Sinai we were aware of God's presence, we encounter God's presence. And God also revealed himself at Auschwitz with the revelation of utter and complete absence in which humans were given total and complete free control. He wrote, God restrained himself from taking part in history and gave humanity an opportunity to display its capacities for good and for evil. It is our misfortune, he wrote, that in the time of the Shoah, humanity displayed its capacities for unprecedented evil. After World War II, he came to New York He studied at Jewish Theological Seminary, which is uh, connected to the conservative Jewish movement. He earned his doctorate there, and he taught there for many years. 
by those who knew him, he was recognized as an outstanding Torah scholar and a totally observant, traditional Torah Jew. But like his mentor and colleague, Professor Saul Lieberman, much of his professional life was located within the world of conservative Judaism, and all too many Orthodox Jews viewed him with skepticism. Again, it was their loss. In 1983, he broke with the conservative movement over the ordaining of women rabbis, and he moved a few blocks away on the Upper West Side of Manhattan from JTS to Columbia University, where he taught Talmud until 2005. When he retired from Columbia, he moved to Israel. He taught at Hebrew University in Bar Ilan. In 2008, he was awarded the Israel Prize for his outstanding scholarship on Talmud. For decades in New York, he was the rabbi of KOE. That stands for Kihilat Orach Eliezer. It's an Orthodox shul near Columbia University. And he wrote, It is my personal tragedy that the people I daven with, the people I pray with, I cannot talk to. And the people I talk to, I cannot daven with. However, when the chips are down, I will always side with the people I daven with, for I can live without talking. I cannot live without prayer. Rabbi David Walkenfeld is a rabbi in Chicago. <laughs> Excuse me. And he remembers attending KOE a number of times years ago. And he wrote that this shul presided over by Rabbi Halivni is an enduring example of how an open-minded, liberal, orthodox congregation can be a spiritual home for people who believe and practice Judaism in different ways at other times and in other places. But they were able to come together at this unique place to daven together and to learn Torah together. And Rabbi Walkenfeld remembers one specific Dvar Torah that Rabbi Halivni delivered when Rabbi Walkenfeld was present as a young man. Rabbi Halivni explained the difference between Tashmishe Mitzvah, which means objects that are used for a mitzvah, like, for example, a lulav, that's used for the purpose of performing a mitzvah. That's called Tashmishe Mitzvah, objects used for a mitzvah. Those objects have holiness while they are being used. So during the holiday of Sukkos, the, the lulav and the esrog is holy, but after the mitzvah is finished, the object no longer has holiness because it's no longer being used for a mitzvah. And that's why after Sukkos is over, you can discard the lulav. 
that category of objects is different than Tashmishe Kedusha, objects that have an enduring role of holiness, like a Torah scroll, or tefillin, or a sidur, where even after they are finished being used, can no longer be used anymore, they retain their holiness, and they cannot simply be discarded. They have to be treated with respect even when they're no longer being used. These are two categories that are well known in Jewish law, Tashmishe Mitzvah, Tashmishe Kedusha. Rabbi Halivni explained that our goal in life is to transform ourselves from being Tashmishe Mitzvah, meaning those people who are momentarily connected to one mitzvah or another. I do a mitzvah now, and later I'll do another mitzvah. But in essence, I'm not connected to that. After the mitzvah is over, I revert to being my own regular person. And many of us observe mitzvahs in that manner where at the moment that we're doing it, we're connected, but afterwards we lose that connection. And Rabbi Halibni said, our mission in life, our goal in life needs to be to transform ourselves into Tashmishe Kedusha, into objects, into people that are connected to holiness in a way that sanctifies us all the time, not just when we're performing the mitzvah, but even afterwards even in our secular lives, even in our daily lives, we remain connected to holiness and to God. I met Rabbi Halivni one time. <coughs> Excuse me. And it's one of the most embarrassing moments of my life. It was about 30 years ago. I officiated at a wedding. Rabbi Halivni was there, <clears throat> but I was in quotation marks in charge because, again, in quotation marks, I was officiating. I, I say in quotation marks because I was just a young rabbi that didn't know very much, and he was one of the greatest scholars in the world. So, but, you know, in quotation marks, I was supposed to be in charge. I knew of Rabbi Halivni. I knew he was a giant Torah scholar. He did not know me. We had never met in person. And I was, to be honest, intimidated <laughs> to be, again, in quotation marks, in charge of this wedding in his presence. And I made a mistake. It was a big mistake. I made a mistake in filling out the ksuva, the marriage contract. Now, the ksuva is a legal document, and it's got to be written correctly. There are some mistakes that you can make that don't really change the validity of the document, but there are some mistakes that you can make that render the document invalid. And I made a big mistake. The mistake I made would probably not even have been noticed by almost anyone else. But 
in fact, the document that I wrote was invalid. And of course, I didn't know at that moment that I had made the mistake. So as you know, from a traditional Jewish wedding, the ksuva, the marriage contract is signed by the witnesses before the ceremony. And then during the ceremony under the chuppah, it is read aloud. And under the chuppah, Rabbi Halivni was honored with reading the ksuva. I was officiating. He was honored with reading the ksuva. So he was reading the document that I had written. And in the middle of the document, with no pause, with no attention, he slipped a pen out of his pocket and made a mark on the paper which corrected the document and made it valid. No one in the audience noticed this. I think even the bride and groom standing directly in front of him did not notice it. He did it with such subtlety and so quickly and with no fuss or notice. I noticed and I thought I would die. I was crushed that I had made a serious mistake for this couple and I was mortified with embarrassment to have made this mistake in the presence of Rabbi Halivni. So there are three consequences for me to this story. The first consequence is I can say that in 30 years, I have never made that mistake again. Number two, I have practiced that response of Rabbi Halivni, meaning when someone else makes a mistake in my presence, to respond in a way that avoids any embarrassment or humiliation to the person who made the mistake. And number three, I will never forget the way he acted under the chuppah, correcting it without anyone noticing. And I will never forget what he said to me immediately after the chuppah. I went over to him. I stammered an apology. I was filled with shame. And Rabbi Halivni, one of the world's greatest Torah scholars said to me, don't be upset. I also make mistakes. As long, it was as, as long as it was corrected under the chuppah, there's no problem. Don't be upset. I will never forget how he fixed this problem with no attention no superiority, saving me from much wider humiliation and embarrassment. And I will never forget his graciousness and his kindness to me at that moment. The mark of a truly great teacher and leader.
Rabbi David Weiss Halivni, may his memory be a blessing for his students and for the entire Jewish world. My friends, I want to wish you a great day, and I look forward to seeing you soon in person.